ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We have bellied up to the bar today. We are talking, like, I wish I had the music, like the dun, 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 like the Terminator music or, you know, something from the Matrix or any of those things. If you, unless you've been hiding under the rock, under a rock for the last, I'd say really almost going on a year now, you, we know what AI is. You've, you've, you've heard of how from, uh, you know, Space Odyssey or, anything else out there, all those different, different items. Well, we we've brought today somebody who, you know, has a different perspective. I, I feel on the entire thing. He doesn't, he, this isn't the uh, Stephen Hawking's the world's coming to an end or uh, Elon Musk. It, you know, AI is going to, you know, box us all up and put us all away. And maybe we're all living in an AI dream right now. And we didn't even realize it, you know, and if this is my AI dream, it's bullshit like this is bullshit ai i just want you to know that like you could at least like boosted my ratings of my podcast or something but i don't think that's what the case is so joining us from gosh the fro i think they've already got a foot of snow outside parts unknown joining us today is mr david espindola hi david Hi, Sean. Such a fun podcast. I love the way you do your introductions. Well, I told you, that it, I, people don't believe me when I tell them I don't write any introductions down. It's completely off the cuff. It is what it is. I just, we run with it. We go yeah, with it. That's the that. right way to do it. That's when it's uh, fun. So that's it. And then it's me, me trying to, you know what? It keeps my mind a little bit sharper because I got to come up with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not on that. It's, it's great stuff. It's it's done me well, but so we're going to be talking AI. You've got got your your book, and my brain just stopped me. It's soul your your life with artificial intelligence. Did I get it right? It's, it's you're close enough. Soulful. It's soulful. You soulful. in the future of artificial intelligence. I see. I told you, I, you know, and I'm only a couple of drinks into the Woodford Reserve today. <laughs> I'm already forgetting stuff. But well, let's get started here, folks. Before we get get lost on in everything. As always, over my right shoulder, we got the big board for stickering a cause. You got something you're supporting. Maybe the AI is writing your podcast and your jokes, and the AI is taking over your world, and they've created a sticker for you. Well, if your AI has created you a sticker, hit me up on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, uh, even our email address. It's all the Above the Bar podcast. Let me know what you got going on. I'll give you the address where to send it. You send me a uh, the sticker i read it for you here on uh on the big board it'll go so everyone will be able to see it that and also we cannot forget our sponsors uh i want you to think about like these might like this might be for you there there david possibly our our sponsors as everyone knows we are sponsored by budget blinds of east greenbush and budget blinds of hudson and cooksaki new new york uh they they want you to know you can elevate your home style with your trusted local and veteran and family-owned window treatment specialist. From blind shade shutters, they offer premium options tailored to your unique taste. 
Experience personalized service and expert guidance for a perfect fit. Plus, they're running a beat the heat sale right now. If you let them know you're there to belly up to the bar, they're going to offer you a 25% discount off your entire order of window treatments. That is budget blinds of East Greenbush and budget blinds of Kuksaki. You, well, I'm, I'm looking. We got back here. So it looks like you got, uh, you got, uh, wood blinds, faux wood blinds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah look at that. Old school wood blinds. But, uh, they that work. sounds like a really good deal. 25% off. I mean, find somewhere else out there that's going to offer you 25% off of anything. Everybody right now is like, mm, that's the price. I ain't got nothing for you. Yeah. Because the minute you walk away, I got 10 other people ready to buy them. So they're offering you a pretty good deal there, folks. Family owned and operated right here in the uh, Berkshires. And I guess it would be considered the Berkshires and the Catskills they cover. Because they got all the mountains out here in, in New York. Surprise. Your area, I bet you everybody got honeycombs because they insulate and it's cold up there. Like, what's the worst snow yeah, you've had so far up there, David? What's your worst snow? Uh, boy. Yeah. I'm trying to think here. Uh, the worst experience. So I, I can tell you about um, an experience that I had one time was the scariest experience I've ever had. Um, just going from uh, the Minneapolis um metro area going up north um we hit a snow blizzard and the highway was um you, you couldn't see an inch in front of you oh dear slow down you know and i couldn't see anything anymore i didn't know what to do and uh the semi trucks were going you know 60 miles per hour right next to me and i couldn't see a thing and i it's like i i had never been in a situation like that before i ended up in the ditch oh wow and, somebody came in and pulled us out of the ditch but that was really scary isn't it the worst though you like you're feeling like this is bad i need to slow down and the rigs are like this is a party i know it's just amazing right i, I guess they sit up high they can see better i don't know we we were coming back this year uh my 13 year old son and i we were in my in my wife's car she was like ah take my car it's better on gas mileage we went to baltimore and i told her i said i'll never drive your car again it sits in such a way that the way the headlights hit the snow and it, it came back at me, I could not see and everyone's blowing past me and they were probably fine. I got in my truck uh, a little bit later and I could see perfectly fine, but in her car, I could not see because of the way that it hit horrible. Could do you think AI here, here's one for you? We'll go right into this. There you go. How about, you know, cause your, your, your book, soulful you in the future of artificial intelligence are we at a point and i know this might be a deep question but like talking about what we're talking about right now could ai come up with a better headlight or is that like too much engineering thought for something like that well even better than that right ai will autonomously drive the vehicle for you. So you don't have to worry about anything because AI is driving it. Now, you know, we're still in the early stages of getting that technology to be foolproof. Um, but, you know, we've made tremendous progress in the last 10 years. Um, and um, I, I don't think it will be too long before we see further advancements where we're going to start seeing, you know, autonomous vehicles driving around cities, robot taxis, all of that stuff is coming. 
left. Now, and you kind of just brought it up, and I, and I want to get clarification. What is the difference between artificial intelligence and automation? Yeah, so artificial intelligence, this term was coined back in the 1950s, 1960s. And I think the original idea was they're trying to come up with a terminology that would be the equivalent of, you know, human level intelligence, but done by computers. Um, and, and so over time, AI kept evolving. And today we have different definitions of, of AI. So we have what's called um, artificial narrow intelligence. And that's the level that we're at right now, where AI has some capabilities that surpass human capabilities, but they're very narrow. They're very specialized. They don't have the general human knowledge and, and, and intellectual ability. Uh, if and when they get there, that stage is called AGI, artificial general intelligence. So a lot of times you're going to hear in the media, you're going to hear, you know, in different articles, people talking about AGI. What they're talking about is, you know, computers being able to have the same general intelligence as humans. And then the step above that is ASI, and that's artificial super intelligence, where the computers go, that's where you get into the Terminator kind of stuff. So that's the really scary part. Okay, I got to throw this out because I throw I've thrown this out many times. Have you heard the uh, the thing where Terminator is a prequel to the Matrix? Mm, no. So the writer of the Terminator and Matrix, they say that Terminator is what happens first, and there's no way that that it can be stopped. If you ever notice in all the movies, it always ends up happening because Skynet just ends up taking over. But then eventually Skynet moves to whatever humans are left, realizes that we can be used as a power source to keep things running because we're organic batteries, basically, like potatoes, and just sticks us in these things so that our brains keep running and it can run scenarios. And that that's what it is. I think that's oh. what everyone's fear, though, is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, interesting ideas out there, you know, science fiction, you know, in a way, science fiction can point to the future and things that may happen. But, you know, there's a lot of uh, creative thinking that goes into science fiction. And, and, you know, the authors obviously take a lot of freedom with that creativity. Um, so I can understand why people may, people may be scared. But, um, you know, it's, it's important to point out that we are nowhere near uh, reaching AGI or even ASI. I mean, it's, it's really the, the machines uh, today, you know, we look at chat GPT and things like that, uh, generative AI, and it feels like you're talking to a human. But what's behind, you know, the scenes, uh, the machine doesn't understand anything you're saying. All it's doing is putting together the words based on probabilities and it knows the sequence of words that make sense without really understanding that content. So, um, you know, even though it, it, it sounds scary, we are nowhere near reaching AGI yet. Well, it's funny you brought up chat GPT cause that's, you know, that's really started a lot of conversations into the AI because right now I think you, you have to correct me, but as far as publicly accessed AI, it's, it's at the top tier. For publicly accessed and uh for those of you that follow my ads or read 
the ad for you know the description of today's show, I deliberately used ChatGPT 4.0 to write it all. I told it what I wanted, and I let it write it. And if I didn't like the first one, I told it write it again. And it was pretty damn spot on. Did you read any of them, David? Yeah, I mean the, the stuff that uh, ChatGPT can do is pretty you know amazing. It's it's very impressive. Um, and especially if you do what you did, right? You, you write your first prompt, it gives you a response. Maybe you don't like that first one. You tweak it a little bit until you get exactly what you want. So that skill is really becoming uh, very high in demand. And there are positions out there called prompt engineers that uh, people that are specializing in working with these generative AI technologies and knowing how to use the right prompts and how to tweak the prompts to get the, the output that they're looking for. And I'm glad you brought that, that up because that was something else I was going to talk to you about. And again, folks, if, if we're talking with David Espindola, you can find more on David on, on davidespindola.com. And Espindola is E-S-P-I-N-D-O-L-A. Don't forget the P like I did when I first wrote it. So you, you can find that. And, and again, his book is Soulful, You and the Future of Artificial Intelligence. And I'm glad you brought up the positions of these prompt engine engineers. The big thing you hear, like when I first saw AI, the first thing that came to my mind was like, well, hope you're not a copywriter. Um, this is going to eat your job up. But I've known some copywriters and they're like, nah, um, it, it's really not even bothering us at this point. So what are some of the things, and, and I wanted you to talk about your book also, but what are some of the things that, you would say to somebody when they're like, AI, it's going to take your job, your job's out of here, man, because of AI. What is what are some of your responses to that? Yeah, so I think it, it's important to understand that um, anything that is algorithmic in nature, and, and by that I mean uh, anything that you can perform by following a set of instructions, uh, those types of tasks, those types of activities are exposed to automation, right? So they, they, they may become uh, obsolete. But, um, you know, for, for knowledge workers in particular, um, knowledge workers, I believe the human in the loop is always going to be required. I, I don't, I don't want to use the word always because that's a very strong word. Generally. Uh, but generally, knowledge workers are going to be required to work in collaboration with AI. Um, and, and I think uh, that's really the, the, the important uh, thing to remember and, and the skill that we need to develop as humans is how do we bring the unique human capabilities that the machines can't replicate? You know, things like uh, building relationships and having empathy towards other human beings. Uh, and, and join that with the machine's number crunching capabilities. And when you put those two things together, then you have something that's very, very powerful. So for, for knowledge workers, I think what we're going to see is the knowledge workers will become much more efficient that, than they are today. So we've already seen that with, for instance, uh, programmers, right? People that write code. Um, you can be twice as productive if you're working with AI than if you're just writing code on your own. So that uh, level of efficiency obviously 
um, has an impact in, in, in the market. Um, so, you know, you could argue that because there's more efficient, people are going to be better, faster uh, at doing their jobs. Therefore, you don't need as many people to do those jobs, which, which uh, makes sense. But on the other hand, we're also going to see other jobs that are going to come up that we can't even, you know, fandom what they are. Uh, you know, the prompt engineer example, you know, this is something that just came up in the last six, eight months. It yeah, didn't exist before. Heard of it. Yeah, that's, exactly. So how much, like, so what are we, if we grab that, grab your book, what all is yeah. being covered in, in your book to, about all this? Yeah. So, um, you know, so you mentioned the concern from the copywriter, right? So it's interesting because I opened the first chapter of the book with uh, a sentiment that was expressed by a best-selling author. He went on social media and he said, I'm never writing another book again because you know, ChatGPT is going to automate book writing and the, the value of books is gonna go to zero and I'm not writing another one. Um, and and uh, you know, the, the question then becomes, well, what else is AI going to automate and, and, you know, what else is going to, you know, be uh, driven to a value of zero. Uh, so that's how I start the book. And then I talk about how um, AI has evolved over the years. I give a little bit of the history, where we are today, where it's going in the future. I give several examples in different uh, domains like uh, healthcare and uh, manufacturing and service and science and, and so on. Um, and then I, I, I try, what I try to do with the book is really give people some practical knowledge that they can use to be able to, to do well uh, in this new world, right? In collaboration with AI. So I talked a little bit about the learning process, skills that I believe will be uh, fundamental in the future and that people should to learn uh, the mindset required to work well with AI. Um, and then I go into a, a little bit more of a profound discussion where I talk about a potential future where we could really have some, some uh, a bright future uh, because AI can really bring a lot of productivity. It can create abundance and it could potentially do a lot of the things that we humans don't want to do so that we can focus our energy on doing the things that we enjoy doing. So that's sort of a, a high level overview of, of how the book uh, evolves. See, now you just hit on something that we're going to make a left turn for a minute. I make left okay. turns all the time. All right. You just cool. hit on something that is actually for me, my only actual concern with AI. It, and it's not the, the, Nate, I didn't think you were going to make it tonight, brother. Uh, my bu my buddy Nate, he's, his brother's getting married. He, he said he wasn't going to make it on the night. So enjoy the uh, bachelor party, brother. So this is actually one of those things. So that I've had concerns with, with AI is freeing up too much time for people. And I know that might sound crazy to say people have too much free time. It would be one thing if, you know, you know, the old saying of invention is, is the mother of, or what is it? Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. I almost said it yeah. backwards. I almost said invention is the mother of necessity. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. I see it all the time where 
we don't invent to better things. Like we don't like when's the, the last time you heard of somebody like I think AI is great, but we hear, oh, I love AI because it writes my book report for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's is there how do we keep keep people engaged while using this to be productive? And it's not like you just said, hey, you're using AI. It makes your job easier. So instead of your six hour you know, your eight hour workday, you're at a six hour workday because it saved you two hours. Are we going to be, do- are people going to get done dirty? Their boss is going to say, well, you just saved two hours of time. I'm going to now add two other hours of tasks to you. Or do they walk away from their, their day and they're like, well, now I have two hours of extra free time. That's a whole lot of Facebook. And now what is it? Thread and everything else that's out there. Yeah. How, how do we use AI to, or can we use AI to make people stay engaged and, and and be more creative? Because I almost feel like AI takes away people's creativity. Yeah. So I think, you know, you touched on a lot of uh, different. um, Right. A lot in there. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to try to unpack that a little bit for us here. Uh, So first of all, you know, in terms of how people are going to spend their time. So I I talk a little bit about that. Uh, in the book. And, uh, you know, obviously, when we talk about any kind of future scenario, uh, we don't know what the future looks like, right? So these are all things that we can try to extrapolate from signals that we're seeing today. Um, and you can come up with some some theories. Um, and, and so I try to give my point of view in the book, but some people may disagree with the way I look at things. Um, so I think from a uh, how you spend your time standpoint, I think what AI will allow us to do is spend more time doing the things that we enjoy doing. Uh, so being more creative, being more expressive, doing the things that we like to do naturally. So uh, one of the things that I talk about in the book is flow. I don't know if you're familiar with flow, but flow is like when you're in the zone. Um, so you, you're at a, doing a, a task, you know, doing some kind of work where you're so into it that time passes very fast. Yes. You, you lose the sense of self, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a very enjoyable, very pleasurable type of um, uh, activity. And, you know, I think if, if AI can take care of the stuff that we don't like to do, then it gives us an opportunity to then get into the flowy kind of activities, the things that we really enjoy doing, where we just uh, do it just because it's, it's fun, because we enjoy, because it gives us a great amount of, of uh, you know, sense of accomplishment. Um, and those could be, you know, jobs, it could be hobbies, it could be artistic uh, expressions, uh, it could be just a number of different things. So I think that's where we're going to move towards in terms of how people would spend their time. And I believe that those types of activities would actually become a lot more valuable than uh, things that can be automated or, you know, widgets they can build in a factory you know think about the craftsman right versus right. The, the factory creating thousands and thousands of the same thing 
the craftsman can spend you know a day or two just creating that one craft but that one craft is a lot more valuable than the hundreds of widgets that that can be produced at the factory so it's the same kind of concept and i think we see a little bit of that today already right because you see so many people that are doing creative works and and you know um the access that we have with the internet and social media you know even the, the stuff that you're doing here right with the podcast is, is a creative outlet for you and for your guests where you know um you can create things of this nature that two decades ago wasn't possible right right, right. i mean look I, as you're saying that I, I, all i was thinking is a hundred years ago I'd have been like, obviously none of this from a technology standpoint would have been here, but any free time I would have had would have been spent either chopping wood, checking on vegetables, preparing everything to go into winter time. Yeah. You know, cause that, you know, you just, you, you lived your, you lived by the seasons preparing for the next one that was going to push you forward so that you had enough items to make it into through the year. So that's right. everything was, you you did everything to survive, and now we do everything, I guess, to live. Does that make sense? You know, we're we're much more. I'm very funny about that. I I just think that, I don't know. I think we don't do enough. I don't know. We just don't do enough like physical things to kind of still temper ourselves. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Like, it's great to do all these these things, but you know, I've got a teenager upstairs that if I didn't tell him he had to go to work with me all summer, he would sit, he would sleep till, you know, 12, get up and sit in front of a video game, you know, repetitively till three o'clock in the morning and do it all over again. And when I would tell him you're out of your mind, he would say, I don't understand what you're talking about that. This is fine. But that actually makes me think of this. Are we at a point with where AI could see those patterns and say to you, hey, you do know that, you know, this is what's going on. Like I thought about the medical piece that you were talking about, yeah. like where where AI could pick up on those things and go, hey, you're not really sleeping. You're not really eating right. This is why you're feeling this way. Yeah. You know, are we there yet? So uh, we're not quite there yet, but I think that's definitely where this technology is going, right? So AI will be able to uh, measure your, your vital signals. It's going to be able to detect your, your mood, uh, you know, your well-being overall. will be able to make recommendations for you. Whether you follow those recommendations or not is a completely different question, but you'll be able to tell you, you know, if you're not getting enough physical activity, uh, maybe your, your blood pressure is too high or, you know, you got too much sugar in your bloodstream. It's going to be able to tell you those things and say, you know, if you exercise for 30 minutes each day, you know, you'll be able to maybe lower your blood pressure or lower your you know, blood sugar level and things like that. And then it, 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 it comes down to the human being then being motivated enough to do those things, right? So it all goes back to motivation. What is it that drives us, right? What, what drives us and, and what makes us do the things that we do? So still always comes back to the human factor as, as, the, as the X factor, which is where the AI finally realizes that we are the problem. And then they build the machines and then they take us out 
and then we all become batteries. <laughs> I'm just saying. Even deep, do you watch Walking Dead? Left turn. Do you watch Walking Dead, David? Um, no. If you get a chance to watch the new season, they have uh they're in New York City. Maggie and uh Negan, two of the main characters are in New York City. Uh-huh. And they're going up against this guy who was a chemist, like a, a legit chemist before uh the world went to hell for them. And he's figured out that if you take the dead bot the dead a the dead uh zombie bodies and you put them into a certain chemical, they as they break down, they produce methane gas that can be used for fuel. And he powers the entire Madison Square Garden off of it. Oh wow. <laughs> Could a let's see, that's what I need AI for during the zombie apocalypse to be like <laughs> AI. How do I create power? Well, stick this zombie body into this chemical and then I'd be happy. I would make things happen at that point. But so we talked a little bit about jobs, but what are some of the, you know, we're, we're talking work related stuff right now. Yeah. Um, this came up in a, in a networking group I belong to uh, called coffee hour, where a lot of people were talking about they're using AI for domestic things. And the big one was recipes. Have you seen this? No. So if you go into chat GPT, so I got my chat GPT up here real quick. Yeah. Um, we'll actually do it. So we'll do run this experiment. So let's go create recipe. What is name me five things that are in your refrigerator right now? Cheese. Cheese. Any particular kind? Uh, white cheese. Right. White. I actually have several kinds, but that's the one okay. I like the most. And what else? What else is in my fridge? Uh, or more olives. Things. Olives. I love olives. And uh, apples. Apples. Okay. Milk. Uh, milk. And one last thing. And uh, let's just say um, carrots. All right. So this, this is legit. So I'll hit enter. Create a recipe. So um, I did Oh, because I put receipt. Because <laughs> I'm a fool. I didn't write. I wrote receipt, not paying attention. Oh, God. I'm an idiot. And it gave me the receipt for all these things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let me try that one again. Create uh, a meal. There we go. So it is actually right now creating me a, a meal. With all the instructions, start by preparing the cheese and the olive salad. Slice the white cheese into bite-sized pieces and place them in a bowl. Add the olives to the bowl as well. Wash the apples. Remove the core and dice into small cubes. Add the diced apples to a bowl. In a separate bowl, grate the carrots. Using a grater, add the grated carrots to the bowl with other ingredients. Toss the ingredients gently together. For a refreshing drink, pour a glass of milk and serve it alongside the salad. Enjoy your cheese and olive salad with apple and carrot slaw and a glass of milk as a nutritious meal note you can customize the quantities and proportions of each ingredient based on your preference and dietary needs amazing that that's folks that is chat gpt in a matter of seconds creating an entire meal off of hey this is all i got what are you going to do for me and any one of us 
would have been like, I don't know. I like cheese and apples. Like I thought it was going to make a charcuterie board. It made, <laughs> it made an, a, an apple and carrot slaw. Like, so what other, like, you know, again, we all think about these things from a work nine to five standpoint, but what are some of the things that, you know, we can look at with AI and say, Hey, it also can do this for you in your home life. So just think about the exercise that you just went through, right? So what did AI do for you? It really gave you more possibilities, right? It just expanded your world, your view of the world and what's possible with what you have. I mean, to me, that's amazing, right? So if you can give the AI, you know, here are the resources that I have and I need to do whatever. Help me figure out how I can use these ingredients or these components or these resources to get what I want. And it will give you all kinds of possibilities, right? So it may not be perfect. It may not be the right things for you, but it's going to give you a range of possibilities and you can work with that and you can tweak that and you can just become much more creative, much more efficient, much more effective in accomplishing whatever it is that you want to accomplish. I mean, that's the power of it. Like I want them to go make the apple and, and carrot slaw right now <laughs> with a little bit of like apple cider vinegar in it and sprinkle some Parmesan cheese over it. Like that's where my, 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 like that really did. Like in my head, I'm like, you know, if I did that and then added these other couple of things, I think that would be you know, just a splash of apple cider vinegar and some Parmesan cheese on it. That would be pretty damn good. So like, that, that could be the next prompt, right? To say what's missing to make this really delicious, right? And it'll oh. give you some ideas what to add to it. All right. Now, See, now you got me like ready to just sit here and keep playing with it. <laughs> with the meal you created, what would make it better? Best class I ever took in school was typing. Make the meal better, you can consider, oh my God, it's it just did it. To make the meal better, you can consider adding a few ingredients or making some optional modifications and it just gave me like dressings, fresh herbs, nuts and seeds, greens, adding a protein to it, bread or crackers. Like it did it. Oh my god. Yeah. What was what would my great my great Sicilian grandmother say if she had saw she look that that little old lady, she she'd have called it the devil. She'd have <laughs> called it evil. She used to yell at the TV when they would have, yeah. Uh, like, look, brother, uh, my my boy at my art kid. He's like, he's like, which beer to drink? I'm I'm thinking like I was gonna ask bourbon, but uh, but yeah, she used to yell at the TV when they would come on for like the Head and Shoulders commercials and they were showering. She'd be like, she would lose her mind, like, oh my gosh, there's naked people on the TV. Like you're only seeing their shoulders; they're not even naked. She was, she was a little Sicilian lady. She was not a Oh, that's so funny. But okay, so we've talked about all the things that this can do for us. Do you have anything that maybe you know that in your process of writing the book? Yeah, you know, because I'm curious what even prompted you to write write the book. But in your process of writing it. What were some of your takeaways, good and bad, where you were like, I didn't realize that, or oh, how about that shit? Yeah, so let me tell you a little bit 
about why I wrote the book. So um, I, I've been in the technology business for, you know, many decades. Um, so that's where I spent uh, most of my career. And about two and a half years ago, I wrote the first book, which uh, is called The Exponential Era. So in that book, I talked about several platforms that are growing at exponential speed. Uh, so what that means is that, um, so the exponential curve, I don't know if you did with exponential or not, but the exponential curve, curve is, um, you know, it's very deceiving because initially it doesn't look like there's much going on. It's a very gradual progression until it hits the inflection point. And once it hits that inflection point, it goes up really quick and, and the, the, the velocity of these platforms is, is really uh, extraordinary. And so I wrote about several of these platforms uh, and I, I talk a little bit about how companies can deal with all these fast changes that are coming at us so that businesses can, can not only survive, but, but thrive in this environment. Uh, and I, I give a little bit of a, a methodology to do that. But out of these platforms that I wrote about, the one that really stood out to me was AI. And so I felt that it deserved a book of its own. And I started writing about AI. And, and this was, you know, so the book writing process, it, it takes a long time to write a book, right? So this was, uh, it took me two years to write this book. And when I started writing it, AI was already being talked about in academia, obviously, and, you know, even in, in, in business circles, but not to the extent that it's being talked about today, right? Oh, right. And it just so happened that the, the book was released at this point in time. It was a little bit of luck from that standpoint when AI just exploded because of the popularity of chat GPT. Uh, but, you know, as you start writing, then you, you start realizing a number of, of things. So one of the things that uh, was sort of an aha moment for me, and you just, you just did it with that exercise that you went through with chat GPT, is that, you know, if you think about how we um, were educated, we're educated based on a process that comes out of the Industrial Revolution, right? And, and right. the whole idea was, you know, the, the, um, the industrialists needed people that were competent at doing the things that were sort of roboticized in an industrial setting and needed people that knew how to deal with standards, with mathematics and, and things like, like that. So we created, you know, this whole schooling system that basically throws information at you and then you absorb that information and they test you to see if you learned it by giving some standardized tests and you have to pass that test to show that you learned it, right? So it was all, uh, all about memorizing stuff, uh, absorbing information that somebody gave to you. But today, all of that information is available to you in the click of a button, right? So knowing how to answer questions, I don't think is going to be what's going to be in demand. What's going to be in demand is what questions are you going to ask and how are you going to ask those questions? And, and you just showed that with that little exercise where you asked it, you know, I, this is the food that I have. What, you know, how can I make a good meal out of it, right? You came up with this great creative question and and then you know you, you create, came up with a different question you know what else can I do with it right so I think those are the skills that are really going to be fundamental in the future 
being great question askers. And it's funny you bring up the, the school side to it. Um, my wife just – that was my wife that sent me the heart and everything. But we were just talking about this recently. I'm a very – I believe in very progressive education. Um, I still firmly stand by. There's a, a candidate that I followed that named Larry Sharp. He was like, school, sh- school should stop at 10th grade, and then you should give kids uh, – it's very similar to what we had in the military, a, a state form of a GI bill where you let them kind of go, all right, you can do two years in a college prep. You can do two years of, uh, if you're ready for college at six, when, after you go into a, what would be 11th grade, here's two years of, you know, go start college courses. Oh, you're going to work with your hands. Here's two years of, you know, let's start trade schools and, and yeah. give them those opportunities to do that vice an agro society a that we built everything on. It's it's why I hate homework. It's why I hate homework. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how many teachers have been mad at me when they send my kids stuff home and they're like, oh, I didn't finish it in class. So I sent it home for him to do at home. I'm like, he's not doing it. And they're like, what? Like My kid's not doing that. But but it's required. I was like. They're at work for eight hours a day with you. What? They're at work for eight hours a day with you. You're not training my child to get off of work and come home and do work for free, for free labor. That you're that's what you're training them for. And they're like, but what? I'm like, yes, that's what you're you didn't realize that that's what you were training them to do. They're like, that's what that's called free labor. We don't do that at my house. We own we own our own business. We work, and they never ask of me again. But I'm so glad you brought that up because that kind of feeds into my next question. We're, we're the bars we're coming close to closing the bar here, and there's so like you you got me thinking, David. I love it when a good guest has me thinking. So with a system like this, and it's not, and I know ChatGPT is the one everybody knows, but let's not forget what was the one that won Jeopardy. Um, the IBM system. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the uh, IBM uh, Watson. Watson. Now, was Watson an AI? Yeah. Well, it, it had, you know, the early versions of, of AI. I mean, you can think of these systems as having progressively more, you know, intelligence that you could categorize as AI. I don't think at that point in time, we had, you know, the abilities of, you know, deep learning, which just came out in the last decade or so. Well, what was the but one it, that could wrote its own language? Like that, like there was two systems that started talking and wrote a language that they couldn't figure it out. Is yeah, a- so I think it was uh, uh, DeepMind, Google's DeepMind, that that did that. Um, That's scary. It, yeah, yeah. So, but again, you know, it, it the the language capability. Um, all that it's doing is using probabilities to come up with the next word. So it doesn't really know the meaning of those words. It just knows that they go together and that probabilistically, this is the right answer to the question that you just you know, asked. So just something to keep in mind that these systems, they, they are capable of doing really amazing things, but they don't really understand what it is that you're asking them. They're just using probabilities to come up with answers. So, but but I wanted, if I may, because yeah, you brought please. up something that's really important, I think, um, in this context. So um, I was just having this conversation today with my wife. Um, 
you know, today it's really hard for you to find a good carpenter, a good plumber, a good electrician. Yes. And uh, these types of trades, it's going to take a long, long time for us to get AI or robotics that has the dexterity required to do this in a unfamiliar environment. It's, it's a really difficult thing to do. Oh, gosh. So if you want to talk about jobs that most likely are not going to go away and that are going to be valuable, I mean, the, the trades, these kinds of trades, I think are, are something that are going to be in very high demand because you can't find it anymore. I tell my children all the time to go become plumbers. And my cousin's a plumber in Arizona. He owns his own company. He's put, I don't know how many kids he's got, 35 or 40 of them, whatever. He's a breeder. He's got, but he's put them all through private school. They've all gone to great colleges. They yeah. all do very well for them themselves. They're all, all well-adjusted kids. And he has said it. The worst day when an electrician comes home, or what he said, the worst day when a plumber comes home, he comes home smelling like shit. The worst day for an electrician doesn't come home. <laughs> and I'm like, and I used to tell my kids, you can always call a plumber to do electrical work. You can't call an electrician to come do plumbing. And it's one of these things, but I'm a big trades guy. I thoroughly believe in the trades. Uh, I think we, that's a whole show in and of itself where I have looked at it enough from things that I've done where two generations, not, you know, not my parents, but my parents' parents, my grandparents yeah. started the, you know, they came out of the factories and said, you don't want to be like me, go to college. You don't want to, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to cough like this and, and have nothing to show. And they watch big business take from them. Mm -hmm. So they told their kids to go to college. Yeah. Well, those kids went to college. So all they did once they went to college is big business said, well, we still don't want you in our club. So we're going to say not an associate's degree, but a bachelor's degree. And mm -hmm. now they go, well, now everybody's got a bachelor's degree, not a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. Yeah. How can we keep you out of our club? And then they said, we got an even better idea. We'll let the federal government, because we already run that, get involved. And they'll back your loans for debt that you can't pay back. On, jo on jobs that you can't make the money to pay that back, but we'll have degrees for it. Like I want, I want my computer engineer to maybe have a, an associate's or a certificate. Yeah. I want my doctor to have a doctorate. Yeah. I want my architect to have some equivalent of a doctorate. Yeah. Because my, I don't want my building to fall. Right. You know what I don't care about is my HR person having a degree in human resource management. That's me. I have one of those. Uh -huh. It's 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 you. You know what's really great is if my HR person has spent several years in the HR field and has their actual certifications through HR organizations that they have to actually be tested and done the work to make. Yeah. So you know, I talk about that in the book. I think Excellent. this whole concept. Um, I think we need to turn education upside down. It, it you know the way it's set up today. It makes absolutely no sense. I mean, you talk about the student debt. It, it's just ridiculous. It, it's killing people's, you know, uh, hope for the future because they start life in, in a deep hole that's really difficult to come out of, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in the hole to begin with. And then you got to dig yourself out of that. Um, but they and, couldn't get a loan for a, for a business. 
I can give you a loan for $150,000 for an education that you'll never pay back. But if you're smart enough as a kid to start your own business, I'm not giving you money to do that. Yeah. But Sean, think about, think about a, a process where you have a, a decentralized mechanism where you, know, you can accumulate credentials over time. And those credentials could be you know, on-the-job experience. It could be some formal learning that you went through. It could be something that you did at, at a college level or, or, or maybe it's a private schooling kind of thing that you went through. Um, and then over time, you can accumulate credentials. And, and what you want to show your employer is that you have the ability to do the job, right? So those credentials can uh, be more meaningful that way. And it doesn't have to be, you know, four to five years in one institution where you're specializing in something that by the time you get out of there, technology is changing so fast that what you learn is going to be obsolete anyway. And, and, and you get out of there with all this debt and, and a diploma that's worthless. I mean, it just makes no sense. It doesn't. And, and, and staying with our theme of AI, how, you know, that type of, do you think using, because if AI can take some of these tasks away that and freeing up that time that we were talking about towards the beginning of the show, yeah. freeing up that time, do you foresee a process where, and like you said, we're, we're at narrow AI right now, Yeah. but through general essay eight, the, the super intelligence, the ASI yeah. scares the shit out of me. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> because the last thing I want is my overlord being like, you have not cleaned my servos. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear that. Yes, my overlord. I'll get it right now. But, um, but, how does like I, I'm thinking about it like we just went through COVID and and, and that whole fake debacle over there. Yeah. Um how could like does that rewrite society? Like if AI was at a general standpoint, could you see that world where I can sit down and it's scary to me because I think social interaction is so important for us as an animal, yeah. but that your your teacher is a an ai like i don't need an educator up at the front of that room yeah i need that person to say you walk through the door and they they're like welcome class please sit down and open your computers to blah 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 we're going to begin with this billy i saw the spitball coming my way you know but i also get scared because in my mind I, I see that going going the principal has been alerted to your behavior and will be arriving in 30 seconds. <laughs> like, that's what I see. Like, yeah. like oh, am I crazy it, that way? Like, Think of it this way, Sean. You know, how about a situation where, um, you know, you have a personal tutor that's an AI that knows you really well. So he knows when you learn best, you know, what time of the day are you best absorbing information or learning? Uh, it knows how you learn best. Is it through reading? Is it through visual? Is it through other kinds of stimulations? Uh, it knows when you're feeling well, when you're not feeling well, and it can you know, optimize the learning mechanism to your personal needs. Um, so you, know, you can go to school and have a human-to-human -human, uh, experience where you're discussing things with other human beings. You're using your, you know, uh, 
empathy and, and your ability to relate to other humans and build trust and developing those social skills. But then when it's time for you to learn things that are more you know, factual or things that you need to, to, to understand intellectually, uh, that tutor can be a really uh, positive thing that to help you learn the things that you need to learn without you necessarily having to, to go to school for some of those things. So I think it's going to be a combination. You know, I think we're going to have to rethink the schooling mechanism. What is it, what is it that you go to school for? And, and perhaps in the future, you go to school to really learn the social, the human, the relational, you know, the ability to, to work in, in teams and, and understand human emotions. And, you know, the factual stuff, you can probably have a personal tutor that are going to be able to teach that to you uh, much more effectively. Now, I'm going to flip this audience ear for a second because we're, we're, we're getting close to the end. And look, folks, we have David Espindola with us. You can find him on davidespindola.com. You can find his book, both of his books on there. What was the first book's name, David? Because that was the first one you wrote two and a half years ago. Yeah, so that one's called The Exponential Era. Okay. So, I mean, look, we're, we're getting into AI, but now I'm going to flip it on its ear. I'm a big Dune fan. You know Dune? Yeah. Frank Hebert's Dune. Yeah. They go the other way where you get so far. They got so far into AI that they had machines that that they how does he put it? Machines that work like the human mind, like the AI gotten so far. Do you ever foresee? And, and look, I think we're in that infancy stage right now with it. But could you ever foresee us getting to that point where the AI has gotten so strong, we are at the ASI where the super super intelligence are telling us, "Hey, you guys have been trying to 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 leave this solar system, and you've been happy saying happy, and you really needed to say glad. Let me show you." And we're we're traveling to other places, but they ended up destroying those and creating rules that said, "Hey, make no machine in the likeness of man." Do you ever see us going and flipping that far, that other side of the coin? Because we talk about making these things, but what about the other side of that? Yeah. So I, I think, you know, this conversation really gets into the profound. And, and I think the answer to those questions really uh, depends on your belief systems um, and uh, what you believe to be the essence of being a human being. Uh, so I personally believe that we are more than just biological entities. I, I believe we're also a spiritual being. Uh, so there's a component of faith that goes into this conversation. Um, is it possible that AI will advance to unimaginable capabilities that are going to really, uh, you know, be dumbfolding to us. Yes, I think it's possible. But do I believe that the AI and the robots are going to overcome humanity and they're going to develop a, a, a consciousness and, and have a, a will of their own where they may want to take over the world and destroy humanity? I don't think so. I, I, in my belief system, that's not a real scenario. So I, I could see them wiping us out and letting Bambi keep running around. Does that make sense? Like let the animal, because the animals, it, it, as far as the AI would be concerned, they're not destroying anything. It's an ecosystem. We're the parasite 
that shows up and destroys everything. I, th- I don't know. I know it sounds so doom and gloom. I don't mean to sound so doom and gloom. And your book's not doom and gloom. Look, folks, go grab a, a copy, a soulful, you in the future of artificial intelligence. You can find it on David's website, davidespindola.com. And Espindola is E-S-P-I-N-D-O-L-A.com. He needs you to buy as many copies as possible. He's way up in a frozen tundra. They need extra blankets up there. It's very, very cold. Um, They have to plug their cars in. We talked about that beforehand. It's it's just a very, very cold place. I have to talk to my buddy Pat and be like, look, I found another one of your people in the frozen tundra. I mean, you got to sell a lot of books to stay warm in Minnesota. Let me tell you. A lot. I mean, Look, any any football program that that that's in a dome to me, you know, it's either really really cold in there. I, and think about that, Dallas. You guys suck. You you have a dome for no reason. You just because you wanted one. But you know, and, and they they can can they get the both the books on on your website? Well, it's it's best to look uh, uh, on Amazon. But if you go to my website, I have a link to Amazon. You can you okay. So the Amazon links through your website. You go there. Uh, any that the and this is for the guy who, who rides around all the time and maybe that's not there. And if you want, you like these smooth, silky sounds of my voice. Let me know. I'm a half and half an illiterate. Is there an audible version of it, like an audio version of your books? Yeah. Uh, no, I have not developed a audible version of it. Um, so it's is it going to come out as uh, an audible version? I don't know. It it, it depends on uh, the you know it, it's possible. Let's, let's keep idea. that open. I got an idea. Okay. Has anyone created a AI that reads like a, like a like a verbal AI? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like like do you understand what I'm saying? Like, could you give your book to an AI? Yep. And say AI, read this book and record it for me. Yep. You can you can actually do that. I, I don't know if it's economical today to do that uh, that way. But it's uh, so I've done videos, I've done short videos where I actually have uh, I produce the text and I give it to AI. AI produces the voice and it sounds incredibly good. It sounds just like a human being. So, you know, that can be done today uh, to write a whole to, to do a whole book. I don't know what the um, what the financials would be for that, but uh, it's possible. How amazing! How amazing would your book about AI being read by an AI voice? Yeah, that's a great idea. Like, like that's a marketing. Like you're thinking, you're thinking. I like, I like where you're going. I love marketing. I love marketing. <laughs> I, I truly believe I went into the wrong field. I, I get very into marketing and I have tons of ideas to spend other people's money. Um, <laughs> but that to me is like, wait a second. I could so market a book about AI read by AI, just the dynamics of it would be amazing to me. And, and and look folks, I say this every week. If you found David through me or you found me through David, make sure you give both of us, you know, you can find David's very active on LinkedIn. Uh, You can find him over there at David Espindola, E S P I N D O L A. Most of his stuff is at D Espindola 23. If you didn't realize it, he's also an amazing basketball player. That's why he has 23, like Michael Jordan. That's why he went with that. That's exactly why. That's exactly (laughs) why he went. None of you will forget that just because I said it. But make sure you're reaching out and you're you're checking David out. 
But if you found David through me or me through David, make sure you give both of us a like, follow, share on any of our social media where you can find it. It may sound very cliche. You may sound like, God, here he goes again. But it is a fact. All these things that we're talking about, AI, algorithm is kind of like an AI in, in a very early, narrow stage of it. It knows that if they keep seeing these things and people are liking it, people are five-starring it, and people are rating it, it knows to hand it off to other people to say, hey, you like these kind of things. Keep going with it. You'll find this interesting also. That's how David sells more books. That's how I get more of you to listen to us and find out what's going on. So please take that time. Go on to Apple. Go on to Spotify, whichever you're listening to this one. Give it a rating. Go on to Facebook. Give us a five-star rating and give us a comment. It means that much. Also, this is a very rare thing that's going to happen next week, folks. I am taking vacation. I don't take a lot of vacations. I don't. It's just me. Congrats. I, I, I don't. I, I, Once in a while, it's it's good. To, David, uh, I'm normally the guy who like doesn't take vacation. And if I do, I still do my show during vacation. This is going to be the first that we're not. I am going to release some of the uh, re-release some of the episodes that you can already find. We'll re- repost those out. So that folks can find them. I may probably end up doing some lives because we're going to be, if you're out in the Cape and you run into me, go find me out in the Cape. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where I'm staying at because you bunch of creepers come find me, but we will be in the Cape out in Massachusetts. Um, that's an ocean. If you didn't know that, David, there's an ocean <laughs> out there. Y'all are landlocked with all those little lakes and everything. What, what, what's an ocean? I know, right? Gosh. I'm telling you, reading all I know the lakes. Are you talking about lakes? No. It's kind of bigger. Big like lakes. Big, big lakes. Big, okay, big got lakes. it. <laughs> um, and I'm rereading all the Dune books right now. We're on, I'm on Messiah right, right now, Messiah of Dune. And when the guy talks about a sea and he's like, I didn't believe it was a real thing. I could imagine rivers. I could imagine lakes. But I couldn't imagine a sea. And it was like so profound to think wow. about a society like that. And just like AI, like right now we, we say, you know, I could never imagine an AI running everything around me. So as we always say though, so please go check out davidespindola.com. See what David's got going on. Give him a like, share and follow. Go see what he's got happening over on LinkedIn. Buy at least five copies of each one of his books. He needs you to do that. Uh, just so he can buy blankets for living in Minnesota. It is so cold up there. I've been to Wisconsin and if Wisconsin was cold and Minnesota's like, Y'all are weak. Like, you can't even. So, but, and don't log off on, on me, David. I won't. As we do on every single show, it is always this way. I need to know from you, as we do with all of our guests, why is my computer not playing well with me? The guest always gets the final word. So what is your final word for us, David? So I, I'd like to leave with a optimistic uh, message. You know, I think... We are hearing a lot of uh, negative, you know, um, especially in, in, in the media, uh, news about AI and, and the future of, you know, uh, AI taking, taking our jobs and, and, and perhaps even, you know, getting to the point where they may take over the world and, and all of that stuff. Uh, I'm uh, optimistic about AI. I think AI is going to be a great, benefit to society to humanity obviously there are concerns obviously there are ethical issues we need to work through um, I, I think we'll be able to overcome those challenges but uh, AI can bring us tremendous productivity you know we can um, 
potentially create abundance so that every human being can have the material needs that they need to 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 live a, a life of dignity and uh, you know i believe it's possible that someday we'll be able to just focus like i said before on doing the things that we enjoy and let ai do the work that we don't want to do so that would be a great future for all of us Alrighty, folks be sure to push your stool in this has been a second front podcast presentation found on apple spotify and wherever podcasts can be found 